This week on the Indo Daily. I actually don't believe right that priests said her any harm. He just like thought I knew. But that's how I found out Miriam Martina was dead. How likely is it that Trump will be found guilty of paying hush money to former adult film star Stormy Daniels? We're talking about involvement in serious drugs activity on both sides of the border and as well as that, the procurement of weapons. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's Rugby Podcast. Happy 2018 everyone, I'm Will Slattery, delighted to be joined for another year of rugby discussion by my co-host Luke Fitzgerald. Welcome back Luke. Will, good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Great to um, Yeah, no, good to see you man. How was your Christmas? Very enjoyable. Uh, met up with a lot of old pals from school, which is great. Had a bit of a, a good catch up with a lot of those guys. They're all abroad and stuff, so everyone comes back for Christmas. That was very nice. Um, a lot of good family time, good quality family time, which is great. And um, got a little fatter, which is the only <laughs> negative. Uh, but New Year's resolutions and all that. Uh, so hopefully we get that sorted in, in January. Will yeah, you're what about to, you? How'd you get well, on? You're meant to come back with like a new lease of life, but like doing, <laughs> all I did was eat and drink. Like I actually feel exponentially worse than I did when I left for Christmas. But now's the time to recover so that. I don't, need to, I, like, I don't want a physical or a medical anytime soon. I, I just need a few weeks to get back into yeah. the swing of things. It's like pre-season training. It's like that little bit when you go away in your holidays and you've had too much booze, too much too much food, enjoyed yourself a little bit too much, and you just you can't have that DEXA scan too early. You need to just stretch. You need to have some excuse for the nutritionist to say, listen. A few weeks. Yeah, look, I was injured or something. I need to. I need a few weeks before I get that deck scan and then starve yourself, essentially, for, for a few what, weeks. What's the protocol for players on Christmas Day? Like, if so, if, you, if you're playing on Stevens Day, like the lads would have been a few weeks back, like Leinster Munster, are they allowed to have a Christmas dinner? Or are they eating, I'd like... I'd say you are. Lots of people say no, but there's lots of, like, you know, it's a good pro... Like, I'd just say, don't overdo it. Don't do the absolute dog. Now, it's hard to do sometimes, but, like, just don't come in weighing a kilo heavier or whatever it is. Like, if you've had just, you know, two portions, have your one portion, enjoy your group. It's all healthy group. Like, I, I don't know, like, our house, it's... We've, 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 we've one weird one. We've spiced beef, always. Are we've ham. The stink of that. I actually hate I it. I love spiced beef. It smells it. Turkey, disgusting. Bit of stuffing. Got the whiskey. I think it's whiskey and honey sauce. I don't know what it is. I don't ask her. I don't want to just... It's just every year we have to have that, though. It's an absolute staple with a bit of gravy. Um... And then you're away. Then it's all your your veg. So it's not that bad a meal, to be honest. It's just well, whether you do the dog in it. It's interesting can. because we ha- we have Jamie Heaston coming in next week. I don't, can I can I say that? You can. You can. Because well, I'm going to hold him to it now. He's yeah. cancelled on his one. He can't so. say now that I said it in a podcast. <laughs> He's going on now. <laughs> so a few years ago, in in a previous life, I used to do deliveries for a restaurant called Joe Burger in Rat Mines. Oh. And the night before, Leinster played Munster in the Pro 12 final in 2011. I got an order from Jamie Heaston for a huge burger. 
And Leinster lost the next day, and I thought he was a little sluggish. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so, you should have brought that up for that. Well, like, I will. Man. I can say it. I can ask him next week. Because I always wondered. I was telling my friends, I'd say, geez, and you wouldn't believe what he ordered for dinner last night. No wonder he's playing. The like night this. before, you're, you are, in fairness, you want to get the energy up, you know, and you want to do it earlier rather than the, than the day of. So the day of, you kind of don't want to be too heavy on the stuff. The night before isn't necessarily the end of the world. Uh, without getting too graphic, you know, you can kind of get rid of it the next day or the next morning. Um, so, you know, it's not the end of the world. But the day of, you, want, you don't want to be too you know, when you get too much grub into you because then you can kind of be a bit stodgy and a bit hard to get going. So, um, not the end of the world. And you kind of, like lots of guys will eat, you want to just get the carbs and get the energy, good energy and get the slow release stuff in. So, actually, not the worst meal to, to have uh, pre-match. But, um, definitely bring it up next week. I'll enjoy that. <laughs> and I think, you know, in Italy, Italian footballers, like they have a small measure of red wine with their dinner. That's that's a no-go area, I presume, for Irish professional rugby players. Uh, I've never had one. Um but um, yeah, I don't know. Like the night before, like as long as you're hydrated, as long as you have enough energy the day before, enough sleep the day before, the, the few days leading in, um, they're the key things. Getting getting the stuff in on time and not having to do it like before the game and rush it all in. That's when you get problems. That's when you get, you know, it's hard to die. You're digesting things in yeah, the middle like, of the game. Do you, do you sit down is. for like a big meal like the day of the game? Oh, like, you do. If you yeah, have an you evening do. game, like I presume you have to have a big. About four or five hours before, I actually never. I actually got hungry before. Like I, I actually tried to to get it right on the edge I like to be last in um, to, to get my food before the game um, I like to have it on about three and a half hours or so before the game or four like just on the edge between the four and three and a half um, because I just felt like I actually kind of got hungry after all the warm after all the energy all the stuff you're you know you're burning up before the game without even thinking um, and in the warm up and stuff so um, yeah that was how I like to do it and everyone everyone's a bit personal like there are, there are certain scientific things like you know you, know, you want to have that three and a half four hour window uh, before you eat definitely just so you digest as your body's not doing that while you're playing and getting the right stuff in um, that's key but not too much before the, the day of the game I actually went a lot lighter I mean the earlier part of my career I got with a lot of pastas things like that I actually got I Joe went Burger more, I, I was more Joe Burger I would have been the, the night before was fine uh, the, the, the day of the game I went very I got a lot lighter towards the end I might, have a, might even have fish the day of a game uh, and rice always rice actually I got it into a real rice thing I just thought it was lighter I thought I got enough energy out of it um, and I felt it was just easier for me to, I just didn't feel as like, I felt the other stuff was so hard to digest it took me ages to do it I felt it actually took a bit in my legs so um, as in just just hard to explain but that was how I felt about it Much, I actually felt I was way more energy and was way better on the, on the rice so it is it's interesting like lots of guys would be different Will you'd be surprised some weird inter- eating habits not everyone's perfect in there yeah but that was but you get some freaky athletes do you know what I mean like yeah. guys that look great like like, like Arise Ruddock could, like he actually eats really well to be honest but I've seen him eat terribly and it has no effect. Do you know what I mean? He just is one of those guys who's so fit, like such a good at so much lean muscle. It seems like he can't put on. Well, like, can that. the front rows just go around eating pretty much? Like, you know, whatever. Like, a offensive lineman in American <laughs> football can just sit down and eat 10 Big Macs. But like, they don't have to run for 60 minutes. True. Uh, like, that's the difference over there. And they, like, if they have a big run, they have to get the auction match on. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think, yeah, it's it's interesting. Some guys be on bigger diets than others. You like you have to. Some guys like different body types. Like there's some guys that struggle to get to that one fifteen or one hundred and twenty kilos, and they actually need to eat quite a bit to get to that weight, uh, without sacrificing that bit of stodginess I was talking about, without feeling like they're kind of just sluggish, um, uh, from digesting food. But other guys will like, and then there's other guys that need to trim back, need to eat less. Uh, before the game because they, they feel like to feel like oh you know maybe during the week I'm weighing a little bit heavier or whatever it is and I need to I'd like to be just a half a kilo less playing the game I feel like I play better rugby at that at that weight so different guys different different um different strokes for different folks I suppose 
I meant to ask you, what did you get for Christmas? What are your Christmas presents this year? My uh, Christmas present. I actually got a great one from uh, from from the missus. I got a. Uh, well, she hasn't actually got it yet. To be honest, we were pretty okay. bad this year. We were pretty late to the presents. To be honest, but I got a. Uh, I'm going to get lessons up in Killian Castle up in the Pell's School. Golfing. Short game needs to be. And for, up if you with. don't, if you're not familiar with Luke Fitzgerald on social media, Instagram, what have you, he's. He probably golfs more than he does anything else. <laughs> I I'd try say. to, I try well, to, yeah. All the deals are done on the golf course, Luke. And now that you're in the corporate world, I guess it's probably serving you pretty that's well. That's what I'm trying to get at, uh, Will. Yeah. So that's that was my big present this year. Um, Do you get loads of rugby pre- rugby related presents from people? Ever? No, absolutely no. not. I, like I literally have nothing in my house rugby related. Like, I have one photo that my housemate, my old housemate, got me. Um, or do they give you rugby books or anything like that or anything? Oh Jesus, no! If you got it, you'd be I'd be saying bring it back. Um, I just no, I just you know like there's no real personalities where in, over the last kind of you know probably the last fifteen years in rugby would be the people I probably you know they're all the big rugby books that have come out and like I know, all know them, so I just be like. Well, I don't want to see them lying in a book, first of all, to sell copies. And second of all, I kind of know most of the stories I want to know anyway, so it's fine. Have and you ever popped up in, a, in someone's book and been like, hey, what? what? I popped up with a, a few books, yeah, here and there. And then you pop up nowhere and something, so things that are attributed to different people. You're like, that was actually me. Or <laughs> What books did you pop up in that you were like? I popped up in one where I was a bit like, a guy I really like as well. And I was a bit like, the Jordy Murphy's book. I was a bit like. Oh, yeah, you were saying he, yeah, he cut off Yeah, he was like, yeah, and I was a bit like. I probably would never say that about I would, like I probably had a few opinions of my own on him, and I would never. Well, say Well, when it. I co-write your autobiography, we can settle all the scores. I'll, I'll look. I'll, I'll, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to let you down straight away. I'll never write one of them. Uh, and actually, weirdly enough, I thought I'd never get into the commentating stuff as I have or the the media stuff because I didn't want to lose any friends. But uh, unfortunately, you know. <laughs> well, it can be a book more about our. Well, I suppose lemons just gonna make lemonade. Podcast, <laughs> partnership, you know. Well, be- I've actually. I, do you know what is funny? Lots of people ask me, I actually really enjoy doing the podcast. Mm. It's actually great. It keeps me in touch with the game. Otherwise, I reckon I might lose touch. Um, and then the commentating has been great. I've learned loads. I think I've lots, you know, and even even last year when... You know, so what do people still, ask you? Well, people you ask me, people. do I enjoy it? Mm. Like, do I enjoy doing it? Or like, how am I finding it? And um, I love it. It's great. I love, I love talking rugby. Like, it's funny. I still love it. And I, I think it's funny. Myself and my old man would be talking rugby and my little brother... All the time, at the, like I'd say, we drive our like we have, I have three sisters and, and my mom and that, and we they'd be driven mad. I'd say, but we literally love talking rugby, um, and that's great. Like there's so many different opinions. Like like even this like we're, we're, we've got Rory coming on, and like I'm sure we'll have a few things where we'll have contrasting. Means we probably agree with. I actually really I really enjoy Rory. I think he really loves the game, watches it a lot. We obviously have great discussions about rugby, different opinions. That's what's great. There's so many different shapes and sizes in rugby. There's so many different ways to look at the game. Um, that it's so great to discuss it, and I actually love it. It's a great little release for me, and it keeps me involved in the game. So, do you, like, do you enjoy talking rugby? Like, obviously, you I do. hate it. Absolutely hate. It. No, I'm joking. Of course, but I you're like gonna, it. You like, it's you funny, like the guy I, I as was well. actually out over Christmas, and someone came up to me, like, and he was like, "Oh, you know, I, I'm sure you don't want to talk about rugby, like, because you know you must do it a lot." And I was like, "Why wouldn't I want to talk about rugby, like, you know, why, why would you possibly think that?" So, no, yeah. I, I have people saying that to me, and I said, "You know what? You thought you were going." Well, it's different for you, though. But you thought you were going to pothole me, and I was like, "No, no, no, no. You're now going to get pothole." I said, <laughs> "Now you stuck with me talk talking rugby." Yeah. Oh, I was like, "I was like, oh, the thing about Saracens, you know, <laughs> right, right, you never write off Saracens." And the guy's like, "Hey, I, 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 Leinster would have been surprised." I was, He's like, "Oh, I'll leave you be." He's like, "No, no, no." no and then no, you have Exeter Chiefs and the and Gloucester. Should they really be that high on the table? It's like I shouldn't have asked. Don't start. Exactly. Don't start. Will no, but it, it, look, it was it was a great Christmas period. Uh, did you have a good one? 
meet up with many old friends or Very are, good. are most of your pals still in Dublin? Yeah, most of them are. But some of them come back, yes. Yeah, I'm a lot younger than Luke. You might be able to tell because of our voices, but I'm actually considerably younger than Luke. So some of his friends might be a lot older and moved uh, away. You're, it's, you're boring as well. You're boring. <laughs> uh, no, but it, it's good. It's a great time, isn't it? It's one yeah, of my no, favourite times of the year. Time. Like, it's, like, at the end of it, your body is just like, no, I've had enough. I can't look at another point now. It's just done. I need to just get it. I need a detox. Yeah. Uh, you know, sweat it out. Get it. Get a good little program for for January, and just get myself in some. Re- I'm. I've gotten terrible. It's the slaggings I got at Christmas. <laughs> Jesus, I got absolutely abused for being a fatty. So, um, need to get it sorted. Will I'm on the I'm on the gain train now. Well. Good to have you back anyway, Luke. I'm delighted <laughs> to be joined by Rory O'Connor, Irish Independent Rugby correspondent in the studio. Rory, I guess we had John earlier this season. We talked a lot about the Interpro derbies and how they maybe lost a bit of their excitement over the years. But by God, over this festive period, we were treated to a couple of crackers. Yeah, they were great. And I think the, the high watermark is, is the game in Holmond on Stevens's Day. I thought yesterday was was exciting without being as, as high quality as, as that, that contest was. But... Yeah, we've been treated to some real classics. I mean, it's been, uh, I think, I was talking to someone who's been kind of more keeping an eye on the Welsh and on Scottish games, and they've been pretty rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> I think the Irish teams are really, you know, kind of setting the benchmark at, at the moment. And, um, yeah, really, really good games, really high-quality stuff at times. You know, I think, you know, we're seeing a bit of a hierarchy come come about. I think Leinster are a bit, of far, a bit away from the pack um, as it stands. And I think... The big winner is probably going to be Joe Schmidt at the end of it because we haven't had too many injuries and this guy's putting their hands up all over the place. Mm. Yeah, look, that's the thing we were talking about. There's, there's a lot of selection headaches, both at national level but even at provincial level, emerging in some of the teams. Like we went through the Leinster team there. Some of the they've pretty much put out two different fifteens over the course of the of the Christmas period. Come away with two wins and a lot of guys have stood up. Say two fifteens is not even doing it justice. It seems like there's guys even on on benches. You know, there's probably the guts of forty people who've really yeah. put their hands up. Um, and it looks like a really, really competitive bunch. And I look, I mean, there's some talk of some of some new guys coming in. Um, Actually, yeah, quickly, can you pour your cold water over Jordan Larmore and James Long now? Because I was, I was, so, I was, I, I, I was getting your opinion of them off air. Well, let's get straight into let's it. Let's get the full, let's get a full quote in there first. But what I did say was that they both looked like special players going forward. You know, and I think. Uh, we were talking about possibly who might get in for the Champions Cup. Rory, you missed the uh, the pre-show the, meeting, the pre-show, the, the interlude before meeting. we started, and um, you both looking like snazzy players going forward. I've got to say, uh, James the reverse Lowe, offload. Oh, like he looks class. He looks strong as well. Like really, really strong. Uh, very, very quick as well. Um, up for it as well. He's getting involved off nine. Um, Larmor. Like what a try! Special player. Like the lads, Ferg McFadden was in here talking him up. Um, you know, a few a few weeks ago, um, and all the talk is that he's a he's a quality operator. And it, look, it probably hasn't been since yourself that there's, there's been someone that age producing on like such a big stage. The footwork. What I really liked is that like there was the fundamentals of the game, and that was what I, I kind of was. I was looking at the landscape. Even Max Deegan yesterday, the ball away from from contact to just give a little uh, push on on Nee Yadi for that for that try. Even though there was some lovely build up play, which would probably grab the headlines. Small little fundamentals in the young players. I'm really liking that. Larmore can step off both feet. That's crucial for any young guy coming up to playing in, in the back three. You need to be able to do that. You know, most guys are just can step off one foot. Um, he looks like a special player. Great acceleration. What I would say is, I think the two lads they'll find it hard to get in that Leinster back three because they missed a lot of tackles. And I think it's it's a really really harsh thing to say, but I'm thinking of the Conway try. Um, you know, he didn't even have to really change direction. It was just a small point. It's a hard place to defend at full back. It really is because you're the the, the biggest separation is usually between 
the winger. So it's usually between uh, you know ten and the connection, or the nine or the flanker. That's the biggest connection, or between uh, fullback and uh, winger. And I always think they're actually the two hardest positions to defend. Is usually a ten or on the wing. Conversely, to the to common well, the common conception that it will be at 13 most of the time you have a connection nowadays because guys are trying to up line speed and you end up having your winger next to you so it's usually just a domino effect around that part but fullbacks are a really hard place to defend and um, I just think the two lads Lowe looks really up for the contact really strong but he's not finishing many tackles off for me I reckon inside Leinster's tackle stats won't be great um, and I think while the contacts will be good they'll be big impacts Larmer just got his footwork wrong a few times for me at fullback and a few actually the decision making was actually fine from him uh, he actually got done I think there was a poor decision made for the last Munster try I think it was Conway in the corner Um that one, that one wasn't his fault I saw someone blaming him on Twitter for that it wasn't his fault it was over by that stage but I thought the other one was poor he needs to be able to get he needs to get his footwork right he needs to be stepping forward into that tackle even if you miss it it's a really hard tackle because you're in a lot of space usually defending against the hardest guy to defend against you need to be stepping forward into that so that he he has to like the, so Conway has to step inside laterally it brings in your support players even if you miss them so he'll get that right he'll, he'll make more tackles doing that as well so he'll get that right it's just at the moment we're talking with Champions Cup I, I think Easton Asiba did, did, gets did in these for me teething problems Rory override the attacking element that they bring where they could be creating two or three tries a game um, look I defer to Luke's knowledge on, on, on that side of thing and the balance mm-hmm. that, that coaches place on that because you, you know better than I do but yeah. I, I would I would think that um, the, the back three that played against Exeter Ferg, Fergus McFadden Easton Asiba and Rob Carney at fullback I think they'll get you through a pool as a unit mm. I think when it comes to April, when you're trying to win semi-final, quarterfinals and semi-finals, I think you need a little bit more in terms of attack. I think you can have two of those guys together with an Adam Byrne or James Lowe. I, I, look, I think Jordan Larmour is probably outside the conversation if everyone's mm-hmm. fit at this stage. Um, I think Lowe is, should be in the conversation if, if they had a free hand to pick from, if they didn't have this regulation that they had to deal with as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Lowe is definitely in, in the conversation, even just as a 23 that you can bring on with 20 minutes to go and change the game. Right, yeah. I thought his, his, his relationship with Johnny and the attacking side yesterday for two guys who never played together was really interesting. I thought it was interesting that he led the team talk after Matt Healy scored a try. Uh, he was the one talking to the troops under the post and he's only there a month, which I thought just shows that this guy is getting amongst it, that he's earned a bit of respect already. Um, guys like him, Rory. Yeah, no, that's, that's what we're hearing. So yeah, yeah, that's the talk. He seems know? to be a really good good mm. fella. I, you know, I've come across him briefly in, in New Zealand during the summer and, and mm. you know he's impressive. But then the Lions tore him apart when he played fullback mm. defensively. Munster tore him apart at Thomas Park last year when he was playing for the for the, the Mary. So the, those weaknesses definitely are there, but the upside is huge. I think from an order... From a Leinster, from Mick Dawson's perspective, he is going to sell tickets. He is a guy that people are going to come and see. On those wet nights when you're playing Treviso at home, he, he's a, an investment in that one because he's a guy you want to go and see. Fans are going to go, want to go and see James Lowe. He's going to be... like The fans are already on board with him. I, I, see, I see the point. I think for the final two pool games, I think he's probably not going to get in. I think by April... They can work on us, you know, through that kind of pro 12, pro fourteen period when mm. the internationals are away. They'll work on those defensive issues, mm. and on the hard track, if he's doing things, the things he's doing now in on a, you know, heavy pitches in 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 January and December, what's he gonna be like in in Leon in April? It's or, interesting you, know, you mentioned the ticket selling element because I'd love to get some truth serum and give it to McDoss and Leo Cullen and say, did you guys know about this regulation <laughs> when you did all these deals? Well, it was interesting because Leo did kind of he did address that, didn't he, during the week? He was kind of saying that. Like it was an opportunity. Like they, they just couldn't miss out on the opportunity to sign. It's always too exciting a talent. Um, probably just outside the quality, just for the New Zealand for for, for the All Blacks team, and it was an opportunity that they just couldn't pass up. And um, 
I would say when you when you when I listened to that, I actually kind of felt like, hmm, I wonder are they lining up? Maybe you know, isn't the C we're going to go on next year? We don't know that yet. I'm not sure what the contract situation is there. There hasn't been any talk about that. Um, I wonder is there something in the in the in the shake up there? Is there is there something that we that they're not telling us on, on that front? They said, look, we're going to need someone special to replace, possibly a guy who might say. Look, but it still wouldn't alleviate the, the European. But it's hard to say that because Leo's yeah. like East has been unbelievable. So but I don't the, know if that's even. has nothing to do with the European dilemma. No, no, this year. But my point is that like they were they didn't want to miss out on a special guy that could possibly fill that gap that could be coming up in the near future. We don't know. I, I'm only speculating on that at the moment. I don't know anything yeah. about that. And that was. I just trying. I'm trying to make sense of it. I can't believe they'd make that mistake. To be the, honest, the, with the you real change is at the end of the year. So if you want, if the, James Lowe's here to play. Ultimately, he's a project player. So if mm. they brought him in next season, when it probably would make more sense. Is he a project sense. player as well? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. No, he is. Yeah. So he, so Jeez, he's got a longer trip though. He's got the five year. No, he only he, no, the three he, year. Everyone they, who was signed they, last summer was there was a, a rush to get window. these guys yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, it's basically an amnesty. So there, there was a rush to get him in. Okay. So that's why he's probably here ahead of schedule. Also, he was available. He's really talented. So um, I just wonder that if if you want to pick him, are you really going to keep your your reserve scrum half ahead of your first? If he is your first choice winger, yeah, such an important position. That's the True, true, but Nick McCarthy looked good. Like, did, like yeah. he, they need, he needs to now. He needs to play this weekend. Yeah, like he needs to play. There's just no grey now. They need to make a decision on that because that's the one area where I feel like, like Nick actually he needs opportunities now. The yeah. team is playing well. The pack is playing well. It's a nice place to come into now. Um, you know, over the last couple of seasons, the pack has been very strong, but it's been a bit muddled. Now is the time to, to give give the guy an opportunity when the pack's going so well, um, and there's you know confidence is high in there as well. So he needs opportunities now, and that that opens up the possibility the of it gives yeah. you the option to do it. I think. Um, be bloody harsh on, on Jameson Gibson Park, who's been actually very good every opportunity he's got for, for, for my books. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I just think that picking, if you if you were to say, you could basically do a whole podcast on picking the Leinster 15 <laughs> for a Champions Cup yeah. final if everyone was fit. Like it, it, Their options are unbelievable, and I think nothing's yeah. rammed that home more than the fact that they were playing some, there was fourth and fifth choice players playing on, on, or on, on New Year's Day. And they still managed to be a Connacht team that was pretty much full strength. Playing well, well. Yeah. they were bloody good against Ulster. They absolutely pumped them yeah. um, in the sports ground, you know. And and they actually were, they they were. I mean, if they had won that game, I, I would there wouldn't well, be any hard feelings. Outside, I don't outside think. of Leinster, I think Connacht have the most to be happy with over the festive mm. period. It's surprising. It's funny how much beating on rubbish teams, which is what they were doing up to then. They got a few wins against mm. weak enough teams, but it seems to have gotten the confidence back. I know in your preview piece, you kind of talked about the Ringrose versus Bundyaki matchup, which. I found very interesting for me I thought Aki came out of that yeah. hands down winner what did you make of it I think uh, I think Gary's still getting up to speed after he had a pretty serious operation you know he's he had a good long time out of rugby um, and I think he's another month to go but I think he's playing catch up for the Six Nations and I think Bundy looked probably the stronger of the two yesterday and I, I would prefer to see Gary in, in the team personally but if, if Bundy's the form guy and Joe Schmidt's picking him you got to go with the form guy um, I think Connacht you know it's, it's, a, it's been a weird season for them they probably haven't they've probably flown under the radar a bit they've got this you know new coach Kieran Keane who none of us know a huge amount about um, he has kept it kept it tight you know he hasn't given <laughs> much away <laughs> That's uh, you know the, the only public utterances we've gotten are kind of you know, him criticising the players but it seems like now 
they're starting to buy in. Kieran O'Halloran sign on. That was big because there was strong yeah, interest yeah, from the yeah, other provinces. Um, and just as a side, like Ulton Deland came out yesterday. I did the media with him, and I just thought it was a more confident Ulton Deland that I've ever seen before off the pitch. And on the pitch, and I, I thought he was yeah, really. I was, was going to really, say really, he looked back really to his good. dynamic best yeah. as well. Now they were up against a very weakened Leinster pack, and they and they dominated. Is there possession. a weak Leinster pack? I'm going to put that out there. I know I agree with you in that it's weakened from the first. But well, like the, the man's there, in Ireland, the national going up against you know Ross Maloney and McCarney, he should be making hay there. Should he not? Yeah, I don't know. Like in those conditions, Mick Harney is an absolute like he's a nightmare to play against those conditions. I, Ross Maloney is, is a real a guy Lancer rate very very highly. But the yeah. land is. Uh, I, I agree. You know, I, I, first of all, I agree. I'm just saying that it's a, it's still a really stern test no, in the ODS. And I think he came out of it looking really. He he was one of the stronger guys. Someone was tackling was superb and the carrying he was just willing all yeah. day. Matt Haley's one of my favorite players as well. I just love watching. Oh, he had one he bit got of that play. unbelievable try a few weeks back when he you know juggled it on the touch side and then he finished that try really well too. Superb finish. Yeah, interesting here you say that will because I'm a big fan as well um, I think he had one lovely bit of play as well in the first half a no look pass off a break they made I think it was Bundy Akeem in a break popped oh, to, to O'Halloran yeah, to O'Halloran it was a gorgeous bit of play you could see that's obviously the scrum half in him with the peripheral vision uh, yeah look excellent player um, you know interesting he's coming back into form like there's loads of guys putting their hands up um, to, to head into that Irish camp and, and Joe Schmidt has, has some very good headaches but I mean himself and O'Halloran are just a nightmare when they're on form they're, when they're looking for the ball yeah. O'Halloran's distribution and, and Healy actually like he like he just seems to be annoying looking at his footwork even there was a one where he made a break down the left hand side and you can't really see it on TV because he actually got he got like it was it was a ball over the top I think to himself and he had one on one with Johnny Sexton great tackle by Johnny Sexton but the footwork before I was just thinking geez he, you know he's just difficult to manage you know yeah. he's a guy who's in tight spaces he's di- you know he's a real handful he's very strong very quick really really fit guy um, apparently behind the scenes a guy who looks after himself really really well in great shape uh, and you can see it he's winning all game and um yeah, he looked really, really good. I thought Connacht looked really good. And in terms of the the, the Aki and um, and Ringrose talking about it, was a, it was an interesting piece. I read it myself as well, Rory. I think definitely it looked like Aki was um, definitely came out on top. And I think he probably will suit. But now that he's Irish, uh, I suppose, um, <laughs> uh, I suppose he probably suits playing against France. That's uh, let's thing, face it, it, over there, you know, he looks, he's heavy. Gary still is finding his feet. Looks like he's getting, he's a bit of a timing issue. Bundy versus Bastro. Yeah, he's having a bit of, he just looks a bit uncertain defensively to me. Gary is so, so good in that area. Listen, that, that he's, it's going to work out for Gary. We know what he's capable of. He's excellent going forward. I still think he's got a journey to go on distribution-wise um, and you know, bringing other people into the game. But I think from a defensive standpoint, he'll get that right. He looks muddled. He looked muddled against Exeter as well. He made one or two poor errors, one for the try. Uh, and he looked a bit muddled yesterday. He missed one or two uncharacteristic ones. Just getting his, getting high, getting chest out, getting his, you know, his footwork looks a little off to me. That's a time issue. I agree with Rory. I think he'll get that right. Uh, I'd love to see him in. He'd be my preference as well. I'd love to see him in, 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 in Stade de France playing over there. Don't know if we'll see it at this stage. I think Henshaw and um, I would think Aki match up very well with whoever France picking there. So I think um, that'll be the unfortunately that'll be the one. That was a nice pronunciation of Stade de France. Yeah, well, well, just I you know, shout out to Miss Lott, my my French teacher. <laughs> Look, uh, you know, what was all that all those years in school for? Will you got to try and use it somewhere? Yeah, I just want to circle back to Lancer for a second, Rory. Uh, Josh van der Fleer and Dan Levy over the festive period. You know, Le- uh, Levy down in Town Park was unbelievable. I think man of the match performance. And Van der Fleer setting the record for tackles in a Pro 12 game with 34 <laughs> yesterday. That's one way to answer one of your rivals in the squad. Just, I was ta- thinking earlier, in terms of the Irish perspective, uh, come Six Nations, is there any realistic chance, do you think, they're probably two of the form flankers, but can, do they have any chance of displacing O'Brien or Stander or Manny, the big names, like the big ticket guys? They certainly have a chance because, like, 
I know, can't see Schmidt but, picking either of them. Well, Sean O'Brien. <laughs> Nor can I. It's crazy. Well, Sean O'Brien and Peter Manny were left behind for Chicago. So, you know, they have been, there is form there, but I think that unit looks so good in November. Mm. And, like, when, when Peter Manny and Sean O'Brien are playing well, like, Peter Manny makes Ireland play better. You know, he might his stats might not be off the charts, but we all Ireland always look like a better team. Uh, line out is key yeah, thing for yeah. him. He's so he's really really good there. He's uh, a nightmare to play against in the line edge. And know? he makes it so tight that their pack yeah. the pack always looks better when he's in it. Sean O'Brien is is arguably Ireland's best player. You know when he's on his day anyway. He, he's coming back next week for the Champions Cup game against uh, against Glasgow uh, or so. Leinster said today. Um, Levy's look. I think Levy's going to be the man of 2018. I, I I tweeted it yesterday. I think he's he's. He looks just good to go, and then Evander Fleer making all these, you know, breaking records. So it's a healthy place to be. I think they'll be in it. Like Levy was on the bench for the England game. I think he'll probably be, if he's fit, he'll probably be number twenty because he just offers so much. And I think, like you know, six day turnaround between France and Italy. I wouldn't be surprised to see Evander Fleer put in for the Italy game. You know, a bit of rotation. Joe's probably think, starting to think about the World Cup, and he, he's you know just see how that he needs works. Combinations. He needs. To, I agree. That's a really good point. He needs to get guys in in big games where it really counts in Six Nations. He needs to see what these guys are made of. You know, and we've seen bits of Van der Fleer at that level, um, uh, and he looks good. Uh, he's a he's a stat machine. We know that about him. There is more to the game than that, but Jesus, I mean, that was spectacular stats on the weekend. It really suited a guy like him. Digs in, you know, his the engine. Te- he's so tired. Uh, his technique like, is superb the, as well. Floor, though, tackle up off the floor, another tackle. Yeah, but it's the technique that gets me every time. He just his footwork. Um, you know, he gets so close to the contact zone, which means that he's always able to distribute power close to it. He's got excellent, obviously, body. He's a very strong guy, very committed. Obviously, that that goes without saying. Um, superb in that area. Very rarely misses one. You know, now at international level, you get a bit more exposed. Bigger guys, better athletes. It's a bit more that you can you can get left on your own in bigger spaces in international rugby. That's just the way it goes, um, because you cover. I think it's about between about fifteen and twenty meters extra a minute. So like you do get more exposed at times. It's more difficult, but I think he's well able at the level. I'd love to see him get an opportunity. I think Rory's right. I think Italy might be a great opportunity, although they look a bit resurgent to me. Um, Dan Levy, got it. Like I mean, he's got. I mean, he'll play rugby. There's no doubt about that in in, in Six Nations. Um, it's just about a matter of, of kind of how much he's probably the form guy at the moment. I mean, he definitely you know came out on top in that battle on Tomo Park. He was the standout player on the pitch. Uh, great interview after. Loved it. He's a confident guy. You can see that. Um, and he was honest. I liked. You know, did, I don't know. If, did you? I don't know if you, you guys saw it, but I, I just thought it was super. You know, he was. What did he say? I was in. The, I was he just was confident. There was a, just. He just has a bit of that little bit of arrogance that you need to be a yeah. top guy. You know, I mean, you don't always need to show up, but I enjoyed it. I thought it's been a while since I saw a guy. I mean, he was asked a question. You know, it was a like. Look, it's a one word answer, but it was just a great one to see. He was like, you know, is it better beating? You know, does it is it a bit better beating Munster? And uh, just a simple, yep. <laughs> and that was it. And I just, I, I love. I was just thinking that guy's confident. You know, he yeah. gave them the credit as well. You know, Munster are quality outfit, struggling a bit at the moment. I would probably have to cover them um, as well. But I'd love to see him get some rugby. I think he's, he's just got it. He's, he believes in himself. He's a real athlete. Just whether he can stay fit at this stage for me, he's got all the quality. Yeah. What, what do you think, Will? Do you like him? Oh yeah, I think he's yeah. brilliant. As I said there, it's just it's hard when you're trying to displace not only two or three of the best players now, but three of the most, the biggest names, the most famous guys, mm. the guys who sell all the tickets: O'Brien, O'Manny, Stander. I really feel like that is if you if you covered their names and just looked at how they played and didn't know who was who, mm. I think they'd have a great chance of getting in because they're going up against such, such guys who are so entrenched in the team. I they're know leaders Joe, as well. Like, Johnny's a leader. Like that's yeah. the one thing that like he, like it's real hard to quantify as um, or sorry to qualify as a spectator why you would like you know because O'Brien hasn't been playing as much. Like why would you why would you play him like when these guys are all playing so well and like. Definitely, the former players playing week in, week out. He's, he, you know, it's invaluable. The, 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 the bits of 
talk around the camp during the week, the bit of swagger, the bit of confidence, the bit of direction you can give to people during. You can hear that whiny Carlo voice, you know, on the pitch in, in moments when it's chaotic, when there's 50,000, 60,000 people roaring. Sean, he's giving you that bit of information. He's saying, I'm here. I've got your inside. It's okay to take it in. You know, whatever it is, those little small bits, those bits of confidence, they're invaluable, you know, and it's hard to sometimes say, like, I'm sure people are saying, like, Jesus, how could you leave Dan Levy out? Like, he's playing every week. He's playing. He's been man of match nearly every time he's played. Um, but that's why Sean will get in there. That's why Pete O'Mahony will get in there. That's why CJ Sander will probably get in there for Joe. And pretty hard to, to drop them off their last performance for Ireland. They've been outstanding there. Well, it'll be interesting to look at. And one last thing before we move on from Leinster, Rory, is I know we've covered it, so we can just do it very briefly. It's another great performance from Sean Cronin uh, yesterday. You know, burning Bundyaki down the wing. He was popping up all over the place. Again, it just kind of puts the focus on his mystifying omission from the squad in November. It appears that he probably won't get back in, And judging by his recent comments. I don't know. What... Yeah, no, he, he wasn't in the camp yeah. um, just before Christmas there, which, again, is, is surprising to me. I, you know, based on the information that we have in front of us, you know, of watching him play rugby, I don't think he's, I don't think his form dipped that much. I would have thought he had a lot of credit in the bank based on his mm. performances for Ireland off the bench for the last couple of years. He doesn't like being pigeonholed as a bench player, but, you know, maybe he should embrace it because he's bloody good at it. He uh, knows it. He, I, he, yeah. I, look, he still he'd never want to embrace that because yeah. I do think he's the best hooker in the country. Well, his explanation but, was that mm. he start, or that he gave the media was that he started, Joe told him that he started the season slow, slowly and that other hookers had been playing well. Which doesn't really tally, given that Roy Best has missed so much time and yeah. Herring before. hasn't been playing the Leinster, well. The Leinster Ulster match in Ravenhill was like <laughs> they couldn't win a line. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I was. I was like, <clears throat> I mean, he was brilliant. He came in for the Glasgow away games. Remember, he had an yeah. unbelievable game. Yeah. Um, himself and Healy were outstanding there, and then he. I think he. I actually think he might have played the one up in Ravenhill, and like he should be probably be Ireland's starting hooker. Oh, there's no. The squad, there's, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. There's form. no grey about that. That is not even uh, that. If you are like. So I'm sorry, but he should be. I'm just that's just wrong. Like everyone say, oh, it's the line out stuff. When he starts, like tell me one hooker in the world that comes off the bench in high pressure that has really good throwing stats. I can't think of one. Can you think of one uh, guy? I don't have my number. No, okay, but I'm telling you now, have a look for for one who has better stats when they come off the bench. They just don't exist. I'm sorry, like they don't. And the, like the, the throwing stats when he starts the matches, his throwing stats are as good, if not better, than the guys that are there. I think it's crazy because there's no comparison around the pitch. The scrummaging thing, I, I've heard, I, I, you know, you hear things like the scrummaging stuff behind closed doors now. Obviously, I know. <laughs> Sorry. You hear, they have said to him before <laughs> that scrummaging, that's garbage. That's absolute rubbish. They're just coming up with like reasons not to pick the guy. So He's, what is it then? I, just, I just I don't know, man. I just it doesn't seem to, it doesn't seem to fit the eye. Like, people like to think that, like I think lots of people have this thing about bringing off this guy off the bench because he's so dynamic and the game will have opened up the game. Like he he's making these breaks on thirty minutes, on twenty minutes, on yeah. second ten minutes. It's crazy to not pick this guy. Yeah, I'm I, sorry, it just doesn't make any sense I, to me. I think look, you, you know, he's probably he's unfortunate. Rant over, sorry, he's, Rory, he's, by no, the way. he's unfortunate. <laughs> I, I agree. With you, I agree with you. Like, look, I Rory Best, your captain. You probably, you know, Joe puts a lot of faith into his captains. Mm. You know, that's I, I understand why he picks Rory Best. I think he's been a good captain for Ireland. I think he, he contributes an awful lot, but he's not the player. He's not the impact player that Sean Cronin is. And I, I, don't, I don't mean impact from the bench. You know, Sean Cronin makes impacts you right throughout mm. the game. I just don't see. I, I, I can I, I can understand why Rory Best. Sorry, is continuing I, 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 where can he is. I sorry, excuse me. I was, Whereas I just, went... I just don't understand mm. where James Tracy's ahead of him. Um, I don't think James Tracy's ahead of him for Leinster in the quarter final of the Champions Cup, and I don't. And, and while Rob Herring had a really good game for Ulster on on the other night, like I thought, I thought he was probably their only good forward um, for large parts of that game. 
Um, and he, you know, he, he, he contributed around the park as well during that comeback. He played his part. He's a good player. I just don't see him as being more impactful off the bench. Look, there's obviously something that we don't know about. There's something going on there that, that Joe has seen, or you know, some contribution he's not making, or, or you know, if he he's not like he, he's not going to leave him out in spite of himself. There's obviously something that we that we haven't heard about. We, the reasons we've been given don't don't really stack up. But I think Ireland are missing something when he's not there. It is curious. All right, okay, we'll move on to the Munster-Ulster game. Uh, you know, at, at halftime, it looked like Rory, you know, Ulster sliding further off the cliff. You know, their pack was being absolutely destroyed. You know, two mall tries, a penalty try for Munster. And then, I guess the game did t- turn on that sending off. So that's why, from a Munster perspective, I wouldn't go doomsday on this or, or the honeymoon's over from Grand. as I saw someone say, like, they had a man sent off when they were still fairly comfortable, and I think that pretty much dictated the rest of the game. I don't know what you thought. Um, yeah, I think. Well, look, the, you can't deny that the red card had an impact, but I think the tide had turned to a degree at that stage. I think with they, the yellow as well, the, the, the Finine or Witcherly. Yeah. I think they it? have Witcherly. Witcherly. Uh, they, they. I think they have a discipline problem. Monster. They're mm-hmm. conceding. They've had three red cards, seven yellows, and twelve pro twelve pro fourteen games this season. Mm. They um, they're conceding nine penalties a game, and that spikes when they're under pressure. I think. Um, I think it all comes back. I watched it today, so uh, you know I, I was at the Leinster game. It was in on in the screen, but I was I was I was working as well. So I, I sat down and watched the property. But when when you have the result, you're kind of watching for what happened. I think if you go back to the 37 minute line out just before half time, when when Niall Scannell overthrows, um, the that was their chance. Like 17 nil up, if they'd gotten the try there, they they walked in two malls without any opposition. They walked in the try with. Barely, sorry, a scrum with any, barely, If they'd caught that and driven, I'm, I'd bank on them getting another, you know, a fourth try, and that's it. That's the game. I don't see Ulster coming back again. And then Ulster go up the pitch, and the first penalty goes, and they get the half time. Ulster replaced their two props. Rodney Ayew was beyond poor, and the replacing him made a big difference. It's unbelievable. Like he's not an international. I mean, he. I wouldn't say Jalen O'Connor just looked at him and, and I, don't, I you could imagine what he said I couldn't quite lip read but he was just like what are you doing you know like he, he's, he's inspecting rooks <laughs> I didn't rooks. see that gif he's, right. so he's, just, he's inspecting <laughs> he's inspecting rooks he's, he's just not contributing in the way that you'd expect an Irish international to he's contribute he's such an athlete as well yeah so, I, I swear to God you want to see how powerful he is in the gym and his jump and stuff honestly uh, no, no, I'm actually not joking. <laughs> no, I believe he's powerful like in the gym. Really I wouldn't deny strong, that. But. Like, uh, really strong bend. Like, he should be carrying ball. Like, he should be a weightlifter. He should be dynamic. Like, But he was brilliant as a as a young kid. On the Remember the New Zealand? He was the, yeah. you know, he's a huge guy. And he probably could do... Like, he looks in decent shape to me, actually. doesn't look like he's in that bad yeah. shape or anything. But, like, he looks like a guy who needs... Like he, he needs if, just urgency. Get if, on the ball. He's a he's a nightmare yeah. to tackle. Honestly, he's, he did that guy needs to get on. He should be one of those guys. Like he should be like a tiger furlong for them carrying wise. He should yeah. be. That's what he, he's capable of. That doesn't seem to be able to get the aggression levels up or the or the just that work rate that you need to be yeah. a top guy in that position. He has all the attributes. It's a shame that he hasn't been able to do, hasn't been able to kick on because when I saw that, I said, do you know what, Les Kiss might be or John O'Gibbs might be yeah. able to light a fire on this guy and really get the best out of him but no one seems to be able to do, ha, have done that with him. You know, he it, seems like a kind of, I know him anyway, lovely, lovely chap, very, yeah. well, probably a bit relaxed, you know, and that's, Unfortunately, it probably comes out a bit in his play. But it, it just, I, I thought that that change at halftime replacing the, the props mm. just, just they clicked and, um, you know, the, they were good after half time, and then obviously the red card happened, and you know down to thirteen men, the, the momentum changed. But I mean, Munster haven't won a, 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 a an Inter Pro this season, and in the other away game in Connacht, they had a man sent off as well. So you know they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot a bit. Now they're different incidents; they're not consistent. You know, it's it's not like they've got one problem; they're giving away penalties for all the time. But 
the numbers are not good for them. I think as well, though, if you look at it, Rory, like they were quite lucky. If you look at the Rooks, uh, uh, like uh, against Leicester and Tom and Park, they were really on the edge. And there was one as well, like some of the leaders in the team, there was one before half time, I think it was, uh, or in the first half, definitely, where I think it was CJ Stander. Uh, I think he flopped. They were literally, Leicester had made a break. They were right on the line. It was 100% a yellow card. Yeah. They have a few, they have a tendency to do that. And I think like, there's a real lesson in that for them. Like, you, like even if you're going to concede points or a try, whatever it is, a try, you're better off conceding, you're better off having 15 guys in the pitch. Yeah. Simple as. Yeah. They need it. And, and I think they were lucky. I think Andrew Conway was fairly lucky as well against Leinster. Yes. Uh, I mean, that, that ball, I mean, in fairness, does he jump? Does he need to jump? For it? I think he, he's allowed to jump for it. It's that high that he's able to jump for it. And, not, and in that case, you need to be careful there. You know, they have a few things that they need to be careful of, I think, going forward. If they can tidy that up, they have. I mean, look, I like I like Sam Arnold. I know that was that was loose enough, that, that tackle, and it was definitely a red card. There's no need for him to go that high. You just hate to see guys taking those chances. I know me and you were talking, Will. You were mentioned, was it John Ryan had one where he kind of tipped the guys yeah, well? The, unnecessary the risks. Didn't even there were unnecessary risks. This Munster team has, has, has enough quality to be very, very. I mean, Conor Murray coming back in, Blaine Dale to come back in, hopefully, as well. Like Ian Keatley's playing good rugby. To have enough quality, Keith Thurl's back now as well. They don't need to be doing these things. Like they, they are like they, they have enough quality around the pitch to be really, really competitive, to be there around the end of the season. These kind of mistakes are crucial for them to snuff out. I think they're taking chances. The high ball stuff as well. They need to be careful. They're, they've made it. I, I, I'm looking at them. I think there's, there's a few where I'm just thinking, you're on the edge there. You need to compete hard for it, but you're in a loose area. And I just think discipline is a really, it's an interesting worry brings up the, the stats. It's when you watch them, you can see it. So they need to be careful. They need to get that in order. The the easy thing is though, it's sorry. The good thing for them is that's an easy thing to fix for me. I think yeah. they can fix that quickly. So hopefully they do that and they they kick on because they need to get themselves out of a little bit of a rut they're in now. Yeah. So Rory JJ Hanrahan had a really good opportunity to kind of with Tyler Blaine injured to maybe get in ahead of Ian Keatley with a good performance. Missed three kicks early on. Didn't offer a whole pile of direction when things were going badly in the second half in terms of game management. Uh, it, it was a poor performance there's not really a way to dress it up I don't know what you made of it it's funny I, I kind of went into it because I'd read bits and pieces I went into it thinking it was going to be worse than, I, I thought it I didn't think it was as bad as I, I was kind of expecting from what I'd heard but yeah look I've, I have a lot of sympathy for him I think you know when you're on the bench for ages you haven't really got a run at 10 and you're thrown in at Ravenhill in a, behind a like obviously the pack was dominant but it wasn't your first choice and when things started going against them um, he struggled I, I, he could benefit from a, he's not going to get it probably but he could benefit from a run he just needs a run in the team um, he might maybe join the Six Nations because Ian Keatley's probably you know well depends on what Joey Carberry does um, he'll definitely be in the squad he'll be in the squad but I don't know whether he'll be on the bench but you know I think JJ he's not, he hasn't become a bad player he's just looked low on confidence he looks like he's doing a couple of things that he shouldn't be doing. Like he's crabbing across the pitch quite a bit. He he almost needs a one on one with Johnny just to kind of show him how to take it to the line again because there was the just stuff that he was so good at. It's very, it's, the only guys, it's funny like him set like the, he's kind of had that in his game a while. He kind of yeah. falls off. You see his number when he's passing. It's always a bad sign when you see a guy like Johnny's so good at that. He stays so square for yeah. so long. Joey Carberry's actually gotten very good at it. I think Ross Byrne is the last little bit of part of Ross Byrne's game that needs to yeah. come together. Is that little bit of he, he, just when he's throwing a pass. There's no threat. There's no so the guys can slip off you. You know, it's it's a, all the top guys do. Bowden Barrett does it really well. Dan Carter was brilliant at it actually, and um, when he needed to be, he all, oftentimes he just threw it to the to the guy and just got a, you know got onto the next thing. But when he's really needed to, he can fix a guy and, and fix him straight on and throw the pass. And it, I think they, look at all the guys coming up. They need to. It's so much so important for your like if you're going to have guys like Aki there, 
uh, Robbie Henshaw, it gives you go, it gives those guys one on ones, and yeah. it's the difference between them getting an extra meter and you getting go forward momentum on the next phase or making a break. And all the guys seem to be they, they need to get better at that. They need to learn off Johnny. Yeah. Johnny is so good at that. He conserves space for you so so well. And it's an if you're playing in the center outside him, or even if you're playing out wide. It's great to see. So, oh, it's it's interesting you pick up on yeah. that. I think it looks. It's definitely a confidence thing as well. You just being in the pocket for long, getting used to, to to guys timing. It's like guys getting used to you as well is something which, which probably we 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 didn't mention there is that, you, taking your timing off different guys. The timing, guys throw passes. You know different ways guys take the ball at different depths especially at 10 and 9 and if you're in there you need time that's why Nick McCarthy needs time for me that's why JJ needs time guys that need time and uh, like the real challenge for these guys where are they going to get it yeah like, where yeah. are you going to get it with two, well, two other good out halves <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. he's, he's a confidence player and I think of, of, you know, he's sorry, a pretty good player sorry, though, I, I, he's you know? a flair player I mean sorry he, yeah. he's a flair player and he needs his confidence back because he needs if the, the thing, kind of things he's capable of doing he's not going to try them or they don't come off if things aren't going your way. If if your head is down, if you're if you're questioning, you're kicking, you're all that calm. stuff. You need to be you calm. Can't. And I think the one thing we've learned from Ian Keatley is to never write off a Munster out half is, is willing to work because Keatley's gone through the mill and he's come out the other side. So you'd be hopeful because he's too talented a player to 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 let slip. You know, he's, he's good chap as well. You yeah. like to see him go well. Like, and I think he's he is. I remember Raj talking about him in glowing terms. And yeah. He thought he would really he would be the heir apparent there. Uh, when when he left, you know, and it just hasn't. I suppose it hasn't transpired. I think they've they've kind of moved him in different positions because he's a good rugby player. Because they feel like yeah. he might be able to get away with it. The guy's not a fifteen. He got exposed badly against Leinster at fifteen, um, at the start of the year. Not that he couldn't do it, but you either need to play him there for ten games, or you need to play him at yeah. ten or, or twelve for ten games. You just you need that amount of time. People yeah. need to get used to. You. If you're in a playmaking position on the pitch. Like I think you have to play against bad opposition to start off to get yourself get your confidence up, or you need games. You need games. Like, and I just think he's a guy who suffered from never having a consistent run in the team. Yeah. Um, so you know, hopefully he gets it for his sake. Unfortunately, I can't see it on the horizon. And from an Ulster perspective, Rory, you know, at the final whistle, the, the you know the Kingspan Stadium finally erupted. Everyone was happy. But for, for me, looking at the game, I don't think it's a game where they should be jumping up and down, celebrating. And from one side, I don't think they should be as despondent as maybe they are. I, I no. thought Ulster were still very poor and they only really looked that good because they were playing 13 men for five minutes and 14 men for 25 yeah, minutes. Yeah, like mm. you have to celebrate your wins. You know, you can't... Mm. You, like I think when once Les got them into the video room this morning, I'm sure... They focus more on the first half than they did the second, you know, and um, they just look soft in that first half. And and in fairness, what has John O'Gibbs done with them, Roy? Because Les Kiss has been getting all the stick, and he's been front and center with the criticism. But John O'Gibbs was brought in ostensibly to lit to to fix what's happening or what happened in that first half. I think part of it is I think we're going to see a lot of change in Ulster this this summer. Um, I think a lot of the problems are there. They are squad problems. I think I I have a huge amount of sympathy for Les Kiss, the Ireland and Ulster captain. Um, has played, I'd say, about two or three games from this season. He's played nearly more more minutes for Ireland he's than he has. He's huge for them as well. He is huge. He he's sets huge the tone for them. So you, yeah. if you have Best in the front row, Henderson in the second row, and say a Kotsia, who I think we can all... He, he, they got the complete shaft of yeah. We have to call it like so, that, that like it is, you know. And I think that, like... Daisel's been injured a bit as well, hasn't he? Daisel's like, been yeah, injured, yeah. So like no, kind of they, they have been unfortunate, but you're like, you know, that from that from five performance last night um, at was at home, at, at like in a place where that's renowned for big pack performances. You know, you no one ever, you know, watching rugby in the eighties, nineties, you know, growing up, well, like Ravenhill was a 
scary, scary place. Uh, I wish I wasn't. It's a scary, <laughs> scary place. But like, it's not like that anymore. If you take Henderson out of the pack, it's a different, a different team. I, I'd be even more concerned about the fact they got hockeyed in the sports ground because they very rarely lose to, to lose to Connacht. No, they usually um, Connacht. Yeah, this one, one yeah. of life's kind of certainties is that Ulster so will always weird, be Connacht. Yeah. So. I think the first half was very, very concerning. I think you can build on their second half. The fact that they beat Harlequins back-to-back, Harlequins are not up to much, but at the same time, they're still in a shout in Europe. So it's not all doom and gloom. you got to take, you know, address the, the negatives of the first half, but take the positive of the second half and come to the RDS and give it a right go. I don't see them beating Leinster this weekend. Um, but if they can get a bonus point, if they can be competitive, if they can score a few tries, if they can limit what Lancer do, there's progress there. And then they go on and they have two massive games. La Rochelle at home on a Friday night in, in the Kingspan. You know, their seasons, it's it's it's, it's very hard team to work out. Their season's in the balance. It could be a <laughs> well, good season. It could be an unbelievable they're, season. Yeah, they're still third. They're not result, far yeah, Results-wise, they, they're still in the hunt and everything. It's just performance-wise. Yeah, they've lost wise. the Italians. Like, yeah. you know, they've had mad results. Farm, I, I think they've been very unlucky and I feel bad for Les Kiss. They're demanded. They want, they've, like, they have spent the money. They have got the guys in. I think there's an expectation based off that on Les. And Les is a, is a brilliant coach. He's a guy I know you'd want to play for up there. John O'Gibbs is a guy who the Leinster guys speak glowingly of. They really love Joe. They're, they're they really loved uh, John O'Gibbs and they were sad to see him go. Um, and, and I think they will get it right. I think, you know, Rory's right. I think they have to address some things in the summer. I could see big changes there. Pieteo going is a bit of a loss, but it looks like they fill that gap. I don't think that's that's not their issue. Well, that, he's not their issue. I think Cooney looks like a fine for me. We talked about him last season. I thought he was a really good bit of business. He looks really good and he's got the kicking as well. So a bit of versatility. They need carriers. Like Marty Moore as well is big for them. He's, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll strengthen up that scrum. That's an area where you need to be able to attack teams and put pressure on teams that are coming at times. And he's a guy who, who, they, who they'll be able to do that with. Jordy Murphy is a good acquisition as well. I think you know he's an ex- he's an excellent carrier of the ball. He's dogged as well. I feel like you never hear Kieran Treadwell's name mentioned, or you don't hear it mentioned he's, enough for someone who's always in the Ireland squad. Or he's very young though, Will. I mean, he's there as kind of a. I think he's Joe's, learning. The Joe's trade, investing he? in him. Yeah. You know, he's a guy that Joe they like the size of him. But he's like when he came over, he he I think he barely played. I think he played a few LV Cup games for Harlequins. They're expecting a lot of these guys. Even Greg Jones, you know, on on New Year's Day. Um, is a guy who's only making a second or third appearance. You know, appearance. Dick Timoney's very young. I think uh, John O'Gibbs is, is trying to move the pack on and he's trying to bring these guys through, but they're very young and very inexperienced and they're coming into a team that's not really high on confidence. You drop these lads into a Leinster team that's going well, they look mm, brilliant. You look, drop them yeah. into it behind a, a tight five that's really struggling and it's a it's, yeah, different ball game exactly. So, and I think the problem is that there's great. Uh, we almost do this every year with, with, with Ulster where it's like, oh, well, next season they're getting this guy and this guy. And Les needs to get the next season because the f- the fans up there are they're they're, they're not, not patient and they're not mm-hmm. happy. And I think a quarter, if they can get to a quarter final, he can point to that as progress. If they can get to the, to the playoffs, which he should do, the way the conference system is working out, um, he can go. Look, you know, we've made progress this season amidst terrible adversity that you know that's not talked about an awful lot for very obvious reasons. But you know, he's mm. the, the, like Lady Fano's gone in the end of January, and they've no one lined up to replace him as it stands. You know, it's, it's, Cooper that's, could it's be a an very option, unique. I think we were talking like I just think he. I don't know if he'll fit the bill there. You know, it's, it's, it sounds like a pie in the sky. Like is that actually if Rory? Are you I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I, but I mean, like he he's he's they available. Need someone, they need someone, and they're looking in Japan. They're looking. They're looking down. I think what they'll they'll, they'll end up is kind of a. a I don't know if I don't know. I'm not sure. It might be just some solid, solid operator from New Zealand. You know, someone will get them through. Um, I don't. If they get to a quarter final, I think that's an achievement given the season they're having. Okay, well we'll round things off 
by discussing a, a Rugby World Top 100 kind of <laughs> article that was published today. Uh, Garbage. Yeah, obviously. well, Steve, apparently it was put together by Stephen Jones, so apparently I could explain some of the eyebrow-raising things. I'm just going to run it through quickly with the lads. So there was seven Irish players in the Top 100 overall. Keane Healy in 92nd, Peter O'Mahony in 70th, Ian Henderson in 38th, Sean O'Brien in 32nd, Connor Murray in 21st, Johnny Sexton in 12th, and the top 10 was Brody Retallick in 10th, Tyke Furlong 9, Michael Hooper 8, Johnny Davies 7, Stuart Hogg 6, Israel Falau 5, Maro Atoje 4, Nakawara the second row, number 3, uh, Bowden Barrett 2 and Owen Farrell 1. Uh, thoughts, lads, uh, on that? Number 3, Nakawara. Yeah. We, me and Rory were in choosing. Great to watch, but forget it. Better than Retallick? Not a chance. Not a hope. Not a hope. Not better than Atoje, who I don't know was top 10 either, to be honest. Um... Owen Farrell, brilliant rugby player for me, um, but he's not better than Bowen Barrett. And at ten, he's not better. Or he's not better than Johnny Sexton. So, um, yeah, interesting. Like it's a, this is great. Like talking, this is rugby opinions. Like this is what it's all about. I, I, I wouldn't like. I think Keane Healy and Jack McGrath are up in the top one hundred in the world. Hundred percent rugby players. Ninety second uh, for Keane. No, Healy. no, Keane's there, but Keane's higher, and I think Jack is actually very close to behind. Like he's, it's interesting. I, like Jack has had an unbelievable season, but yet we're like he seems to be. Like it's definitely now. I think the Keane's ahead of him. Um, like he's an unbelievably good rugby player. Like Jack Moore's a brilliant rugby player. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think probably I'm surprised that maybe Conor Murray is behind Johnny. Uh, and the only reason I say that is because he plays more. Uh, and he's a bigger. Well, I don't have the full list, so I don't know what scrum after ahead of Murray anyway. Where's Aaron, Aaron Smith? Smith that yeah, no. I was just thinking that. Where's no, Aaron, no, Aaron Smith? Aaron Smith's an unbelievable yeah, like player. Pound like for pound, Aaron Smith. Like um, he's in that top three, I would have thought. Yeah. Like Falao, I think sometimes gets into these things on on he's kind of so the things special. he's. Well, he was nominated he, yeah, for World Player of the Year this year. Like. It was he special this year? You know, he's he, he's capable of amazing things, but oftentimes touches the ball. Yeah. Nightmare. Sounds like Nakawara. <laughs> no, yeah, but Nakaro doesn't do any of the grunt. Like, is is he a real? Is he a line out operator? Like, that's what you need. Like, like Retallick runs, Retallick runs a really good line out as well, and so does Whitelock. Another two of them run, run that well. You saw the difference now. Like, if we're gonna be honest about that Ireland performance, like those two, like Retallick not playing that one in Chicago, like, lock, they make a big yeah. difference to that New Zealand team. He's the engine. Well, Ireland didn't have Omani in the lineup, which could have made Correct. balance. No, no, no. It, look, not to take anything away, really isn't, but I'm just saying, he does make a huge difference to New Zealand. They are a different team without him, uh, in my opinion. What do you think, Rory? Yeah, anyone well, anyone yeah, I, think I think I would have, I'd agree with you. Like, Farrell, great great player, but not not the top best player in the world by any means. No. I mean, you know Rugby World is published in London. Um, <laughs> like, like Rico, the Wani, kicking might have got him up there, though, maybe. With hey, the kicking? Yeah, yeah. Look, he's, he's such he's a good na- kicker. Like, I'm trying to think of reasons like, why. Yeah, I like he's, he's one of the best players in Europe. He's two all blacks in that top ten. Like the top ten should all be all blacks, really. Not like. quite, but yeah, you're, you're pretty close. You're yeah, yeah. yeah I look, I'd have Aaron Smith, Rico, Wani, and Bowden Barrett as my top three. Probably, you know, I think Furlong could possibly be higher because, like, he's one of the most important positions in the world. Or sorry, in the game, and, and he's the best at it. And then Johnny probably could, you know, he could push Johnny and, and Connor into the discussion as well. It's like comparing tight heads to out halves is just pretty hard. <laughs> it's, very hard. it's very hard to do. Well, like, I don't know what the, what's the criteria. Yeah, well, like. any list that extends to the top one hundred in the world. Is you know what? That's the great thing, though. It's purely opinions. What do you think? Who do you like? Well, uh, well, that, the, the, it's clearly obviously you said Stephen Jones, and you have Johnny Davies and Stuart Hogg in seventh. And John sixth. Davies class, though, no? Unreal. Yeah. But like, as we said, Aaron Smith, no, not in the top ten. You have Rico Ioanni. Not, not in the there, top ten. Yeah. Like these are as they're, they're, they're yeah. the top. The top three is probably Barrett Smith. 
is, is uh, Dane Coles up there? Have nah, to he's been injured for so uh, long. The, the new guy for South Africa was brilliant this year. Now he was poor in the November internationals, though. In fairness, uh, he was very overshadowed. Like Ben's meant like. I know he hasn't played much rugby. Yeah. Evil rugby player. Yeah, yeah, how do you leave him out? Yeah. Although yeah. He like, himself played, and Cole have been injured all year, but they're still like you um, know by the time they come back they'll still be class. Bas- you know? Bastero it, as well should probably be in top five. Bastero, <laughs> get out of here. He is class though. He is class for too long, but he's not. Like man, only probably still be on the list if he was playing for for uh, for New Zealand. Um, I'd go number one, Bowden Barrett. Number two. Jordy Barrett, number three, Scott Barrett. Because it's only Jordy a matter Barrett, of time. Boy, only yeah, a matter of time for three brothers. It is Jordy ruling Barrett. The brother rugby. looks good. The hook, the lock as well. I like. I like. They are class players, but no way. Uh, unfortunately, I think Brody Retallick has to be. So, what's your top three? My top three guys are. I'm gonna go. I'll give you reasons as well because I. That's. Some, we give reasons for the top <laughs> three. But uh, uh, Bowden Barrett because he's my number one because I think he. Oh, he's so fit. He at every long passage of play, that guy either gets a try, gives the pass for a try, or stops as a try saving tackle. He can do everything. He is special. Like he is so strong, so fit, great footwork. I think he's got it all, uh, and he's playing the hardest position. It, it probably, let's face it, in the best team, but he's still unbelievable for the Canes as well. There, um, I'm. I'd actually weird enough. I'd go for probably. I, I'm gonna go pretty outlandish. I'm gonna go tight for him. I think Ty Furlong is unbelievable. Second best player in the world. Like just what I just think of, think of other tight heads. That's how I'm going to base it on. I think it's a really important position. First of all, so I've got my two most important positions: your your ten, your tight head, probably probably your nine and your lock tight, but your with your hooker in for that other spot. I think Ty Furlong is so far above any other tight head. I like he can do it all. He's a brilliant tackler. Most tight heads are a bit of a liability around the pitch. He's not. He's an asset around the pitch tackling wise. His passing, like his, like he's like he's like a, a back rower out there. He's superb. Um, I think. Will you be able to fit Sean Crown in the top three? I, I'm no, unfortunately, I haven't got the nugget up there. I've, I've got Retallick. I think Retallick's unbelievable. I just think he's unbelievable. How many matches? Um, we haven't, but in fairness, I think Retallick's better yeah. than him, uh, which is saying something because I just think he's every single contact. He reminds me of Brad Torn. Like every single rookie hits, he just impacts the game. Everywhere, his handling ability, his carrying ability as well. He's really quick. He's so fit. Great in the air in the line out. I think he's unbelievable. Um, that'll be my top three guys. What do you about you, Rory? What do you, what do you got? I think uh, Rico, Annie, Aaron Smith, and Bowden Barrett. Oh, you went all flair. All, all flair. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm a forward. Yeah. I like. I think. I think. I'm trying to think. You know, all back back rows. Who like maybe we're just in the middle of the change in the all backs. You know, a couple of years ago it was. It was all about that back that that back row that they had of of Kino, uh, McCall and Reed and maybe Kino's still going to be there though I think isn't he I, I think he's he's on the wane a little bit you know mm. he didn't have a great line series but Reed was sensational in that first test so Kane's been very good since he came in as well yeah and they're yeah. pretty good they're unbeaten in yeah. the championship they don't like him for some reason the, the, the Kiwi fans just want Ardy Savea all the time he is so good going yeah. forward though, in fairness yeah Will I'm gonna go last but not least number three. Give us something out of it. Come okay. on, number don't three, be boring. Elton Janchies, South African out half. <laughs> oh my god! Number is... two. Come on, give us your real picks. Uh, <laughs> no, my real picks are the three Bar Brothers. I'll stick. I'll stick with those. Three Bar Brothers. Yeah. But he's not even starting the. I'm, the... I'm obviously not my true real picks. No, my, my, I, I'd probably go Bowden Bar number one, Rico Ioanni number two. And Brody Retallick number three, and as I said, I wasn't really joking. Like you could pretty much have like seven All Blacks in that top ten, and it would be justified. Like, you know, we didn't even yeah. mention Kieran Reedy being there as well. Kieran's an unbelievable, yeah, yeah. 
John, any Irish guys close top who you're four and five like Johnny Sexton must be up there he's Furlong yeah Furlong would probably top yeah. ten Sean O'Brien should be in the discussion as well like, yeah season he has 32nd according to Stephen Jones yeah when he's fit he's, he's I love that awesome. are you going to see how ridiculous the 90s are in this list now in fairness it? it must have taken so many so he must have just been picking them really like oh I better pick him in there Monster Outrage is CJ Stander fails to make the top 100 in Stephen Jones's best player I think world. probably based on international rugby probably fair um I'm surprised. Like Keane Healy was a massive mistake for the Lions not to pick him. Uh, he was playing brilliantly under the radar for a long time. But anyone who was really watching, I think, they, I think they just made a decision that they were going to pick Jack, um, which I actually can understand. But picking Marler ahead of Keane was yeah. was crazy stuff, um, you know. And I think they probably they, they could have done with Keane out there. They yeah. really could have done with him out there. He was been playing brilliantly. So yeah, I'm just not surprised. I think Jack is definitely a top 100 player. No, no doubt about it. Like for so wherever Healy is, Jack should be the spot immediately below. They're so. pretty close. I think it's I think it's actually probably Ireland's strongest. It's just, it's a strongest card to play. Like you can if you like if you start with Jack, like the difference is minuscule between the two. You know yeah. I think anyway. I just think having one of those guys come on at whatever 55 60 minutes, you're not losing out on anything. And like even Dave Kilcoyne's been playing brilliantly as well. Like, but I, I do think that position is we are really like I don't okay. see any other country who's. I mean, I think England are probably closest with Marler and Vunapola when they're both fit. But um, we definitely have an edge there. Yeah. Well, all the provinces covered and a very <laughs> arbitrary top one hundred list. Rory, thanks for joining me. Luke, thanks for joining us. Well, that's all we have time for. Happy New Year, everybody, and thanks for coming back to us again. We'll be here next week with hopefully Jamie Heaslip. We know we've been teaming. Oh no, up. Will, I, I'm, I'm gonna. Don't worry, he's in my sights. I've got him. I've well, got him. <laughs> we'll be back next week with Jamie Heaston. show up now. As a Lucas show, I guarantee. In the meantime, you can get the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or independent.ie. So until next week, thanks for listening, and goodbye. Thanks a lot, chaps. <laughs>